Welcome back to another week of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. Lots for you this week. Localicious is back, a culinary delight, a chance to get out and experience local, independent cuisine at some pretty good prices. Canada's Kids got a D in physical activity and participation's latest report card. We get some insight as to how that happened and how we can fix it. It's considered the second most important rock and roll concert after Woodstock. It happened in Toronto, but it nearly didn't happen. Now there's a movie about it. We talked to the director. But first, municipal elections are next week across Ontario. A new mayor to be elected in Barrie with Jeff Lehman stepping down. We invited the candidates looking to replace him to come in to tell us what they have planned if they become the city's next mayor. Two accepted our invitation. Alex Nuttall is one of them. He's with Barrie 360's Ian McLennan. Alex, why did you throw your hat into the ring? You know, I've had the opportunity over the last number of years uh, to serve the city of Barrie. Uh, in, in a few different roles uh, as a city councillor, as a member of parliament. And, you know, I was looking at the city and the future uh, of it, and I'm looking at my own children. And, you know, I want a city where, uh, you know, they can certainly grow up in safe and clean, uh, a city where they can get educated in if they decide uh, to pursue post-secondary education, uh, a city that they can find a job in once they're done their post-secondary education, and, and one that they can invest in as a, as a small business person if they if they so choose. And so, you know, I, I think for me, those are the driving uh, reasons. I think we've got some issues that we need to work through, but Barry's a beautiful place and uh, it's an incredible community and certainly has been an honor to represent the city of the past. Uh, many challenges Barry is facing, a lot of communities are facing, and especially the bread and butter issues. Now, what are you hearing from uh, people at the door when, you, when you're knocking on the door? I think one of the uh, most discouraging days on my campaign that I uh, that I encountered, I was uh, I was on Livingston Street East door knocking and in uh, a span of five folks I spoke to, uh, three of them talked about losing hope. And, um, and, and that was a, a really difficult thing to hear. They were losing hope in the affordability uh, of Barrie. They were losing hope in being able to stay in the city uh, for much longer. And I think that, uh, you know, they were losing hope that their, that their children could ever, you know, purchase a home. There are things that we can do, right? There's uh, our operating budget. We're proposing uh, that we hold the line for four years while we see what happens with inflation, see what happens with interest rates, and, and certainly uh, what appears to be a recession on the horizon, if not already here, and make sure that uh, we don't do anything uh, that's going to put folks further behind. If you're elected mayor, obviously you hit the ground running. You also have a budget to do. And uh, we talk about the first 100 days at the provincial and federal level. What will the first 100 days look under Alex Nuttall as mayor of Barrie? Yeah, well, I will go right back to my priorities. Number one, uh, I will work with staff and council uh, to get together a set of priorities and a vision statement for the city of Barrie. I think the question we need to answer is what do we want to be in the next 20 years? Uh, number two, I would make sure that we get our inventory list of roads that need fixing done right away. Uh, we would immediately start uh, lobbying the provincial government, the penitentiary to stop the prisoner drop-off in downtown Barrie. We would get uh, right to work on the budget uh, so that we can have things balanced uh, for the new year. And and I really think that, you know, as, we, as we're moving forward, we, we need to go back to the to the drawing board on employment land here in the city of Barrie to make sure that there's enough employment land to grow the city. Right now, we have 45,000 people moving to the annexation area, 45,000 people moving to downtown through intensification, but we only have enough land for 10,000 jobs. So we got to figure that out and we got to start today. Our Ian McLennan in conversation with Barry Mayoral hopeful Alex Nuttall. Ian will be back later in the program with candidate Jerry Marshall. pandemic didn't do our kids any favors when it comes to their physical health. 
Participation's latest report card gives Canadian kids a D for physical activity while their screen time skyrocketed. Barry 360's Will Conkin gets the details and some homework from Dr. Nicholas Kuzik at Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. Was this report card grade of D for overall physical activity in children and youth surprising to you? Well, I, I think there are some surprising aspects to it. Um, we would expect that due to COVID, physical activity levels in children and youth would decrease. Um, they, they lost a lot of opportunities during COVID. So we think about you know closing sports, uh, schools being shut down in some instances, and things like parks and recreational spaces being taken away at the beginning of the pandemic. So it's not necessarily surprising that the grade decreased. But that it didn't decrease more is maybe the more surprising aspect. Um, and so we did see some creative solutions you know, from families and communities to, to preserve some of those physical activity opportunities for children. So do you think this is just a blip in the, like the data for this period of time? Well, we, we'd like to hope so. Um, it, it's difficult without you know, really getting in there and, and continuing to collect that data. And, and that's what we'll be doing 2024, when the next report card comes out, we'll be able to have a better answer for how this recovery effort is going. And then uh, what is considered an active child or youth? So the 60 minutes per day of moderate to vigorous physical activity is, I guess, what we would consider an active child in Canada. And this is based on the Canadian 24-hour movement guidelines. Uh, So just thinking about the activity, that 60 minutes per day, would be effective, but there's also other guidelines within the Canadian 24-hour movement guidelines, so things like sleep and sedentary behaviors that are important to consider as well within the whole day of a child. How easily achievable is it to, to get an A or an A-plus grade for physical activity? Is it attainable, and have we seen it before in like a larger scale? We haven't seen it in Canada. Um, in terms of how easy is it, how achievable is it you know since 2007 we were seeing slight increases in our grades so starting in an f in 2007 we were seeing slight increases uh or remaining the same since 2007 and, and it's very reflective of you know personal behavior change when we think about this is it's not necessarily these overnight turning to an a plus being this perfect society it's these slow incremental changes to getting better over time that are what we really needed. Maybe it's not the most interesting or appealing when it's not that overnight success, but that is sort of how behavior change works in a lot of senses. How much do kids learn physical activity habits from their parents? I think the, the role of the family is, is very important, and, and it's, it's something that we talk about when giving recommendations as well, is you know, having the parents being the person that they look up to, so the, the mentor... Uh, or the, the role model within the house. And, and even thinking about, you know, some of those successes that we saw from those creative solutions for why physical activity didn't decrease more was partly responsible because of the active play increase grade. So parents were getting outside more with their families uh, and were having more of that outdoor active play, nature-based, you know, on-the-trails sort of physical activities. How can parents build on this to get their kids outside and more active? Well, I think just continuing on with the, you know, the successes and those creative solutions of having that outdoor time. You know, if parents and families created these new habits of 
you know, the only way we can be active and maintain social distancing is by being outside. Keep going with it. If, if, if it seems like a great habit that's forming with the family, you know, keep finding those opportunities. Uh, we really appreciate your insight on uh, the latest grade from Participation. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you very much for having me. That was Dr. Nicholas Kuzik, postdoctoral fellow at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. This is what Barry's talking about. From Barry 360, I'm Dan Blakely. Localicious is back, a treat for your taste buds, serving up an opportunity to experience many of our local independent restaurants at special prices. Here again is Ian McLennan with Localicious director Ryan Traversy and one of the sponsors, Peggy Hill. What was the impact with the pandemic, first of all, that, you know, obviously there was a little change of change of plans then? Yeah, a little change of pace. I mean, obviously, a lot of restaurants had to close down. Um, so, you know, we, uh, we we lost out on doing a couple of our dine-in festivals. Uh, we did squeeze in. Uh, we got a bit of a government grant, which was nice. So squeeze in a takeout festival to support the the small little local guys uh, around town. And But, you know, now that we're back to, you know, full force here, let's go. And let's talk about the growth of this festival, too. I think it started out with about 16 restaurants, and now you, you can be as many as over... Uh, 50. Um, why this resurgence? Why this popularity? Well, when we when we first started 2008, um, we I, I was kind of rolling around uh, uh, like a uh, vacuum salesman to <laughs> each door to try to get people to sign on. And yeah, we started with 16 restaurants and uh, it just kind of grew. It blew up. Uh, those restaurants were very busy. So every year, you know, we got bigger and bigger. And, you know, if we're anywhere from 40 to 50 restaurants, of just lo- local guys too, no big box shops, um, then it's uh, it's a success. And Peggy, I'd like to ask you, because you are so much a part of the community, Barry, and, um, you know, marketing what, you know, the wonderful uh, things we have within Barry, um, the restaurants here, they're all independent, not, not the franchisees, so to speak. Why is that important to you to get behind an event like this? Well, the mom and shop is really where I came from. So for me, it's like going home and being able to help all these people that were so affected during the pandemic. It's, it's amazing to be part of this. And you know, Barry's kind of my thing. What is going to happen uh, at this event? Give, give us some of the highlights of uh, what people will get when they put their money down and how much they put down. Well, it's a, it's a fixed price menu. So anywhere from $15 a person up to about $35 a person. And you just get multiple courses. Uh, and each uh, restaurant's offering their own style, their own flavor. Uh, you just got to jump on the website, localicious.ca, and uh, check out the menus and make some reservations. And is that the key, too, that, you know, these are independent operators and, you know, we're supporting... Uh, we're supporting, uh, you know, supporting them local. It's it's giving back local. That's the best part. Is yeah. that the key component of this event? Yeah, too? it's all local. I mean, so you know, twice a year we pool our money together, do some advertising, find some awesome sponsors to help us out, and uh, and yeah, just uh, try to get some butts in the seats for the for you know your next door neighbor, the guy around the corner, right? The local chefs. And you can do takeout as well. Absolutely. Localicious begins October 21st and runs through November 6th, offering three-course dinners for between $15 and $35. For a list of participating restaurants, check out localicious.ca. What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. You can make it easy to connect by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through most podcast distributors. Still to come on What Barry's Talking About, we talk with Ron Chapman, who directed the film Revival 69, chronicling a concert in Toronto that featured John Lennon, The Doors, Chicago, Chuck Berry, and a little-known band called Alice Cooper and more. We also chat with Barry mayoral hopeful Jerry Marshall. Now this. 
Day by day, we get closer to the Rock 95 birthday bash happening Friday, November 18th at the Paul Sadlin Arena. We got Sam Roberts, the special guest monster, trucking over $100,000 in prizes to give away. But here are just a few shows to tie you over in the meantime. Like October 24th at Scotiabank Arena, the Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction are going to be in town with the Spirits on Fire Tour. October 27th at the Aurelia Opera House, you got Dwayne Gretzky. November 10th in History in Toronto, you got Steel Panther. And on the same day at the Danforth Music Hall, it's the Blue Stones. November 12th at Casino Rama, they have April Wine. November 19th is the Danforth Music Hall again. They got Matthew Good. November 23rd at the Paul Sadlin Arena here in Barrie, it's Three Days Grace. November 25th at Casino Rama, you can check out the Bare Naked Ladies. And November 27th at History, they've got Three Days Grace. And if you want to check out details on any of these shows or maybe win your way into the Rock 95 Birthday Bash, visit rock95.com. Rock 95. This is what Barry's talking about. From Barry 360, I'm Dan Blakely. It is considered the second most important event in rock and roll history, the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival at Varsity Stadium in 1969, featuring John Lennon, The Doors, Chicago, Chuck Berry, and more. But after much fanfare, it nearly didn't happen. The backstory, as interesting as the concert itself. Director Ron Chapman takes us back in his film Revival 69, which is featured at this year's Barry Film Festival. Ron, what enticed you to do this film? Well, I had uh, made a film earlier called Who the Fuck is Arthur Fogel, <laughs> which uh, was a film about this Canadian that nobody knew about, and he was the most powerful guy in the music business. He had done eight of the top ten tours of all time, and in the film... I was with U2, I was with the police, Lady Gaga, Madonna, Rush, all of these bands he had, uh, he had done and, and he was head of Live Nation at that time and nobody knew who he was and he was a Canadian. So to me, and being a Canadian, I love Canadian stories and I think there's so much about Canada that should be celebrated that people don't know about. It seems to be that's part of our culture. We, we don't like talking about the things that are great about us. but. Um, his story was incredible. No one knew about it, and so I wanted to bring that to the world, and I did. That that film went out, and it, it, it played uh, around the world, 54 countries. This particular film, Revival 69, about an event that happened in 1969 in Toronto, in Canada, the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival, was called by Rolling Stone the second most important event in rock and roll history. And nobody really knows about this event at all other than music insiders. Um, and so to me, I thought, you know, somehow the world has to know about this festival. There's been five different remakes of Woodstock, of Altmont, of Monterey Pop, and people keep rehashing the same festivals again and again and again that happened back in 1969, which was, you know, the summer of festivals, really. And yet this one keeps getting passed over and it, it is just one of the most important events, certainly the most important event in Canadian music history. That was really my impetus for wanting to make this film. And it nearly didn't happen. It's an unbelievable story. And that's the other thing that, that so had me excited about, uh, about making this film. You know, it, it, it is an event that almost fell apart a whole bunch of times. And actually, what... It, what what you're able to do in this film, what I was able to do, is to, um, to take you back to the 60s. It was a whole other area. I mean, now everybody's grown up with corporate rock, uh, you know, Live Nation, all of the big uh, corporate conglomerates that sort of run uh, concerts and music. But back then, 
the promoters, it was like, it was the Wild West for promoters. They were just kids. They were out there. They were, they do whatever they could to make a show happen. There was no rule book. There was no playbook. No one had ever done this before. There had never, I mean, this was the, the first summer of actual festivals in Canada. There had never been any before. So, so they were, you know, they were writing the rule book and, and, and the sequence of events that happened during this festival that led to John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band uh, appearing at the last minute and John Lennon doing his first performance ever without the Beatles as John Lennon uh, is just, it's an amazing narrative. It's a, it's, a, it's a rock and roll roller coaster ride. It's, it's an amazing sequence of events and, and just uh, one that I think Canadians are going to be amazed when they hear about it. It's not just concert footage, it's what's going on behind the scenes in that phone call to John Lennon on a hope and a prayer that he, he might uh, come in and MC, and then he decided, uh, I guess, that he wanted to sing as well. It's unbelievable. I mean, when how could that happen in this day and age? You know, who's going to get on the phone? Hi, it's, it's, it's Ron Chapman. I'm going from Toronto. I want to speak to Bono. I want to speak to Lady Gaga. I, want, I mean, it doesn't happen, and yet back in the day, you were actually able to do that. You know, they were actually able to get through to him. And, and how many artists, you know, like John Lennon, had never played with this band before, would put a band together and go play for 20,000, 30,000 people, uh, having never actually had the opportunity to rehearse and get ready and do all the stuff that you do before you go and present yourself. It, it's real rock and roll. It's a kind of rock and roll spirit that, uh, that doesn't exist in this corporate world. Uh, and it's just a magical story. And, you know, it's not just about John Lennon. I mean, there was bike gangs. There's so many different things that happened in the course of this festival coming to pass and almost not coming to pass. It's just a phenomenal story. I don't want to give away too much of it for, for people listening who want to go see it. But, yeah, you talk about the bike gangs. There was an escort for John Lennon from the airport. But even yeah. even from the time of the phone call, the first phone call to John Lennon to the time he took the stage, he was humming and hawing. He wasn't sure whether he was going to do it. Uh, it almost didn't happen a bunch of times, and, and the stakes were huge. There was a lot on the line. It's, a, it's just a fantastic story, and one of the great the great untold story of the uh, of Canadian music history. And a lot of other players in there as well. You talked about the Plastic Ono Band. Uh, a very unheard of Alice Cooper Band was on stage as well. And this, was a, this was a concert where Alice Cooper discovered Alice Cooper. He was not the shock rock guy that he was, but this is where he really found his identity. It, it, was, uh, uh, it was the place where the historic Alice Cooper with the chicken incident happened. This is the uh, the concert that launched Alice's career that, that, that continues to this day. D.A. Pennebaker, who did the film Don't Look Back with Bob Dylan, as well as Monterey Pop, he heard about this, and he came and shot this festival. Um, and that footage uh, was something I was able to get access to. I went to D.A. Pennebaker. He became an executive producer on this film with me. He unfortunately passed away during the making of the film, but he opened up the doors and allowed me to go through his boxes of footage that he had shot and packaged up and sent to the depths of Iron Mountain for storage since 1969. I went through 60 hours of footage and found never-before-seen footage of Jerry Lee Lewis, of Little Richard, of Bo Diddley, of um, Gene Vincent, and Chuck Berry, incredible performances by Chuck Berry, as well as by Chicago, the never-before-seen 
uh, and uh, Alice Cooper, and of course, Plastic Ono Band. So you get to see these people performing and doing some of their music from that, that particular time. It's, it's uh, just an unbelievable treasure trove of material. And as I said, a gem of a story that'll, that'll keep you going from beginning to end. It doesn't let up. You know, it's like put pedal to the metal all the way. The film is Revival 69. The director is Ron Chapman. It is being screened tonight, October 20th, at the Galaxy Cinemas in Barrie, part of this year's Barrie Film Festival. As promised, to chat with another of the candidates for mayor in Barrie, Jerry Marshall, laying out his plans for our Ian McLennan. So, Jerry, tell us why you are running to be mayor of the city of Barrie. Well, originally I was going to run uh, just to be a councillor in Ward 4, and when Mayor Jeff Lehman uh, announced that he wasn't running again to, to be mayor, I reconsidered. I thought I had the political background, the corporate background, and the experience to bring to the table. You know, plus I'm here, my uh, sons are here, my five grandkids are here, so, you know, future Barry's right in my family, three generations of Barry, and uh, I thought I could make a difference. And you come back to the community. You were mayor of Panatanguachine and warden of the county of Simcoe, correct? Yes, it was. Yeah, I had uh, both roles at the same time. So uh, what happens is the mayor of Panatanguachine, you're automatically part of county council. And county has uh, 32 members of county council. And uh, they voted me as the head, uh, head warden. Door knocking, mm-hmm. uh, meeting with people, and just from what you have seen as a resident of Barrie, what are the needs for this city and you know, what change can you bring and what are residents telling you? Well, really, when I look at the city, it's all about growth for us. Uh, you know, we're growing at a rapid pace, so we're sprawling. Uh, we have traffic congestion. We've got uh, speed of traffic, noise of traffic, uh, unbuilt units. So uh, growth is around us, uh, you know, everywhere I look. So managing that growth, having a long-term plan for growth, and, uh, you know, knowing where you want to be and how to get there is a key to the uh, next uh, election of council. And the issue of affordability, inflation, and what have you, you hear it at the federal level, you hear it at the provincial level, but... We obviously see it at a municipal level with expensive rents, affordable housing, um, homelessness, and uh, what have you. Is that all part and parcel of a growing city on top of those other economic factors now? Yeah, it absolutely are. And, uh, homelessness, as we grow, we're not just going to get those who are financially stable or of good health. We're going to have those who need a helping hand up in life. Maybe you face a drug addiction issue or, or, or at the risk of being homeless or are homeless. So we need to plan for all of that as we uh, move forward. If you are elected mayor, um, we you know, always talk about the first 100 days. So what would the first 100 days look like at City Hall as you as mayor? And we're rolling into budget time, too. A couple of things. Number one, the first 100 days, I want to get a, a group of health experts together to sit around that table and look at our homelessness and our, uh, our uh, drug addiction issues in downtown core and right across the city. Uh, so I want to get that core group together uh, right away. Uh, the other thing I want to look at immediately is get an economic development committee going. Uh, council needs to be more involved in economic development. Uh, I'd like to see two members of council from uh, the south end of Barrie and two from the north end of Barrie, and including myself, to uh, get together and uh, look at the economic uh, situation across the city and then engage properly to help our current businesses survive and thrive and to attract uh, new businesses as well. And Jerry, if people want more information about you and your campaign, where can they find that if they don't see, you know, if they not at the door, so to speak? Yes, so uh, Jerry Marshall, so jerrymarshall.ca, so nice and simple, so G-E-R-R-Y-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L.ca.
We have more on what the candidates for mayor stand for on our webpage at barry360.com. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian and Will for their contributions, Matt Ladder for piecing it all together, and you for giving it a listen. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.